Tis the season for drama. That's right. Drama, drama, drama. Instead of how, how, how. <laughs> so silly. I liked that kind of. But anyway, I just want to tell all of our listeners before we start this amazing episode that this holiday season you can, you know, give back to your favorite podcast by going to patreon.com backslash the drama podcast for bonus episodes. You also get Instagram close friends access. You get so much more by just subscribing. Why not? You know, money can't buy you class, but it can buy you eternal love and devotion from Connor and I. (laughs) Being a member of the Patreon community means that you are so much more than just another listener. You are someone who truly is invested in the cause, and we cannot do what we do without our patrons that we have and have stuck with us since the beginning or maybe joined along the way. Yes, and it's the most wonderful time of the year. We love you all. Thanks for listening to the pod, and thank you for signing up to join the Patreon. All right, Dylan, should we start the show? Let's get growing. <laughs> Press play. Curtain up an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love and life and christmas and christmas hey yeah. i'm i am connor mcdowell and this is my twin brother dylan mcdowell this is my friend connor it is so wonderful to be here at the most wonderful time of the year happy holidays happy christmas i'm so, i'm i feel so cozy tonight i really do back home you're back home back where you know most of the pandemic was spent for you i know i know i'm back in my childhood bedroom once again it really feels so chill the tree is up our family dog Gigi is so cute she keeps like sleeping in chairs and looking beautiful it's it's the best dylan what are you what are you looking forward to this holiday season i need to watch these staple movies that we usually watch and if this is the first year i think i'm gonna get hunter to watch love actually he's never seen it never sinful I know. And oh I just feel like I watched Elf already, but I'm excited to do It's a Wonderful Life and maybe some new ones. I know last year we did like White Christmas and a few of the classics. So wait, I'm a bad gay and haven't seen the new Netflix single all the way yet with Michael Yuri and Jennifer Coolidge. We've got to do that. We've got to definitely do that. Too. I'm sad that there's not going to be, it's projected there not there won't be any snow in, in Ohio. I know. Isn't so, that sad? But we've had many a Christmas without snow. It's more so the spirit, but doesn't hurt. I feel like my voice, I'm like acting very NPR today. Are you getting that vibe? I'm getting fireside chat, which is like very, very topical. Is it? I feel like it's not making me fun. To tie this into Broadway, I have a question for you. Do you have a favorite like Christmas theater song? Oh, oh my God. Well, I love in Legally Blonde the musical during the chip on your shoulder moment when the Delta News do like a little Christmas, you know, like, do you know that I'm talking about? I know they do a Thanksgiving moment. Yeah, I think Christmas, they do Christmas. Hmm. I know there's definitely some, some bells. Cause you know, that's the song where it like moves through time. I don't think and... there's Christmas. I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to, I'm going to revoke your gay card here. I'm pretty sure. Actually, our is. guest was in Legally Blonde, so maybe she remembers, but I don't know. I know. I wonder <laughs> if she was a Delta new. Wait, what, <laughs> I what, think what she is it? <laughs> Let me think about it for a second. Well, my I'm favorite not... is from Catch Me If You Can. It's called Christmas is My Favorite Time of Year. And it's a very sad, but like moody Christmas song. But there is like a reprise of it that's like up-tempo. That is so fun. You get your ballad, you get your up-tempo with that song. It, it's, it's everything, an audition or whatever want. I love when there's like one Christmas scene in a movie so you can like technically qualify it as a Christmas film, you know? Uh-huh, definitely. Now I'm wondering if if there is a like a 
Christmas moment. Yeah, well, we should have everyone there, write there in. There is, because remember, there's also the scene where, like, they're leaving for the holidays, and, and Elle is... Is it Thanksgiving, though? Like, Warner's gonna be... No, it's Christmas, because because Emmett gives her two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. Oh, my God. And she's very excited about we it. We solved the own Which, mystery. I have to say, I have to say, two-in-one, you shouldn't do. Yeah, they say that's bad for you, right? They do. Oh, my God. Anyways, anyways, I am so excited we have a guest today who loves Christmas, loves the holidays as much as we do, and was, you know, referred to us by one of our very own favorite Christmas elves, Nick Rouleau. <laughs> so this is going to be a wonderful time, and I'm going I'm to bring her in. Oh, please do. Please, please, mm-hmm. please. I'm so happy. I feel like we're, like, sitting by the fire, and um, there's chestnuts roasting. Oh, of course. Our guest today is a sparkling Broadway mainstay. You surely will know her glittering presence from the most recent Roundabout Theater Company's revival of Kiss Me Kate, from Matilda on Broadway, and of course, sharing the stage with Bette Midler, David Hyde Pierce, Bernadette Peters, Victor Garber, and Donna Murphy, not all at the same time, in the glorious revival of Hello, Dolly! on Broadway. Around the country, she's toured in Cats and performed in Cinderella, the aforementioned Legally Blonde, On the Town, Bye Bye Birdie, A Chorus Line, The Music Man, and so much more. She's a hoofer, y'all. She's appeared on Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, Saturday Night Live, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and more. She is an instructor, mentor, and coach for all ages, and we are thrilled to get in the holiday spirit with this Christmas queen. Please welcome to drama, Amanda, Amanda Lamont. Lamont. Oh my gosh, can I keep you in my pocket yeah. and bring you everywhere to introduce me? Wait, your last name is pronounced Lamont, right? Correct. Oh my God. Like the applesauce. Oh, love. Oh my God. Like the applesauce. <laughs> that is such a cute way of like telling people how to pronounce it. I had a panic in the middle. We normally ask people how to pronounce their names. We and do. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, are we going to, is it like Lamote or... You know? No, you nailed it. You nailed it. I We used to get the craziest um, telemarketer phone calls where people had really creative versions of it. Oh, I'm <laughs> but sure. you nailed it. Wait, Amanda, welcome to drama and happy holidays. Happy holidays. It's the best time of year. <laughs> I'm so excited because when we when you agree to do the pod and we're like, also, how do you feel about Christmas? This might be our Christmas themed episode. <laughs> I'm. It's my dream. Amazing. Because you have the tree in the background and as... As the listeners will see in our in our photo that we took together, you even have your own elf ears, so you weren't most oh, messing yes. around. No, complete with bells. <laughs> oh my this is god! An audio <laughs> experience. So I'm glad that the bells rang. That is so fun. Are you in New York City? Yeah, I'm in New York right now. I'll be going to see family for the holidays, but we're here for the rest of the week. Because I know you're in, you're from Florida. Is that where the family still is? I'm going to my husband's family in New Hampshire. Oh, ooh, like an East Coast, like cozy. Exactly. But yeah, my family is all still in Florida. Okay, oh. that's great. I love Aww. it. Are we- you well? We ask all of our guests, and I'm just curious. Are you well? Yeah, I'm well. I'm crossing fingers and toes that I stay well, because everything in New York is a little hairy at the moment. But... So far, so good. Feeling good. I'm so glad. Now, wait, I have to ask you, do you have like a favorite Christmas movie or or, or, actually, let me revise. Do you have a favorite moment in a musical that's like a Christmas song? You know, like Dylan mentioned Catch Me If You Can, and I mentioned a vague moment in Legally Blonde, the musical. (laughs) Okay, so honestly, I had never seen the musical Elf, but... My high school and middle school asked me to come home and choreograph their production this past semester. So I went down and choreographed Elf for them. And Sparkle Jolly is the most fun Christmas song 
on the entire planet. And I just wanted that. I was like, we should probably rehearse that again. I should rehearse that again because I just love that song so much. I'm, I'm, I have to admit, I'm not familiar with the musical at all. I wasn't at all familiar. And they said, can we do this? I was like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. They did such a nice, that's one of my favorite Christmas movies. I've probably seen it hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. And so I went in a little close-minded and then ended up loving it. Is it a song sung by Buddy? Or is it like, what's the contact? What scene is it? Yeah, it's when he goes to Macy's and he's trying to get all the Macy's employees in on being excited. And so he's teaching them how to be Sparkle Jolly. Oh, that's so cute. Is Jovi in the scene? She is. Yes, she is. Iconic. I think that like Amy Spanger played her in in the Broadway version. Did you work with Amy Spanger and Matilda? Yeah. Yeah, we did Matilda together. She was there for uh, maybe a year or so. I don't remember. I think she wasn't she like one of only like her and Leslie were the only two who did that role. Yeah. And then after she left, Leslie came back. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Leslie left for a minute to do Dames of Sea. Uh, What's it called? Dames of Sea? At sea. At sea. At sea. They were at sea. But they, I don't know if they were of the sea. No. That's so fun. Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. That's so fun. Have you ever worked with your high school before? I can imagine that's a, a trippy experience. So I have gone home several times and done workshops with them. And before the pandemic, I had choreographed Matilda. Oh. And we got the whole thing up on its feet and they were supposed to perform it in April of 2020. So clearly the kids didn't get to do that. They made videos and and sort of did their best but they never got to actually perform it Mm. so we were trying to do a redo of that experience but with a different show yeah i i know a lot of schools ended up remounting the same show but so many of the kids had moved on or graduated or things like that so i admire the school going forward with a different production i think that would have it would have been unfair to the kids who didn't get the chance to do their roles originally that's yeah, that's exactly the conversation that we had was like, oh, that's not fair. And some of them had, would have maybe aged out of the younger student roles. Mm-hmm. And it, just, it was better to move on. Yeah. What part of Florida are you from? Right outside of Orlando. Oh, are you a Disney gal? So growing up, really young, loved Disney. High school, I'm too cool for that. But then I went away to college at FSU and I had so many friends who were from out of state and they were enamored with the fact that I lived so close to Disney and so they were like can we go to your house can we stay can we go to Disney (laughs) so it became fun again to see it through the eyes of people who didn't grow up with it and now I love it again oh that's so fun so we I feel like this just naturally we're talking about your past we're talking about where you grew up I would love for Connor to bring up a very very pivotal segment on our podcast yes oh my gosh well this segment kind of kind of encapsulates that moment of discovery when you realized that you were interested in the arts, music, performing, acting, anything like that at all, and had a moment of recognition. Perhaps you were watching a film, you were in ballet class, or maybe you were even just like singing a song in the backseat of your parents' car, and we call it the ring of keys moment, that moment when you were like, oh, I see that for me. I, I need this. Do you feel like you had that moment for yourself? Yeah, for sure. I started dancing when I was two and a half, and it was kind of the thing I did. My parents were performers. My grandfather was a performer. They weren't musical theater performers, but singers. And, and so it was kind of always my life, and I always knew this is what I wanted to do, but just because that's what I was doing. And then I think it was my junior year of high school, I went to go see the touring production of Hairspray. Ugh. And I, you know, just went to go see Hairspray. And we were in, like, the third row. And at the end of the show, they were doing You Can't Stop the Beat. And the energy coming off of the stage was so intense that I started sobbing. (laughs) Like, 
it's a happy number. I don't know if you've seen You Can't Stop the Beat in Hairspray, oh, yes. but it's nothing to sob about. <laughs> but I was so overwhelmed with the – and this still happens to me when I see – shows it's kind of embarrassing um but like the energy was so intense and i said i have to do that i have to make people feel that way and feel i was so overcome with emotion and joy and i don't know the energy that like i have goosebumps now. you're um, giving me goosebumps the hair on the back of my neck is standing out like that is like but i was i just i knew that i had to make other people feel that way and and i and i couldn't stop crying so that was clearly a moment in my life that i was like oh this is it. i love that hairspray is your ring of keys moment it is one of our favorite musicals of all time that finale that hairspray finale I think it's the best. In fact, I'm going to go on the record right now. It's the <laughs> greatest ending to a musical in history. It is just the way they bring every single character in. Mm-hmm. Every storyline kind of like ties up or you get like a little ending there. And you were on your feet at the end just like, oh, it is everything and i actually get emotional during it too i think it's when motormouth maybell says like saying we're never looking ba- yesterday's history we're never looking back or something she says something I've, i'm like butchering the lyrics of course because you know i'm on a podcast about theater and i have no idea what happens in legally blonde or hairspray all of a sudden. <laughs> but it's so good i love that, that arguably your two favorite musicals <laughs> i well, two of i know right well remember they did it at the tonys this year they had the the cast reunite that was so special yeah it's so fun i love i think they changed that lyric too kind of the one that you're talking about she says tomorrow is a brand new day and it don't know white from black but i think they yes. changed it to and it sees both white and black Ooh, i like that update mm-hmm. yes i like that update because we should we should yeah. recognize yeah. there's the new tour that's i think a, a replica production like i think jerry mitchell choreographed it and everything i'm trying to remember i, I literally just read your bio and I'm like oh did you ever do hairspray amanda but i don't i don't see it in the i have never done it i want to play penny if anyone wants to have me come play penny i would love to do that the muni is calling i mean come on yes. you would be such a good penny so good Thank you. Put it in the universe. I think Hairspray, I'm, okay, randomly, this is a podcast about Hairspray, but every <laughs> role is fun in that show. Like, even if you're one of the nicest kids in town, you get to be in so many great dance numbers, right? Absolutely. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, truly, I will be anybody. Yeah. I love the show. It's so fun. <laughs> okay, so you said you saw it like, what, you were like a junior in high school or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you the kind of, you know, theater student who listened to cast albums, got really into musicals? I had, like a handful of them that I knew every single word. Mm -hmm. But I was not up on all the coolest, newest shows that were coming out. I can't even tell you that at that age, I realized how many shows were on Broadway at a time Mm -hmm. and how quickly they turned over. I just didn't really know the world of Broadway. I knew that I loved Wicked and that I knew every (laughs) single lyric. (laughs) Um... (laughs) And like whatever our school show was going to be, it was on loop in my car. But I definitely wasn't super versed on all of the theater. Did that education come once you went out on tour or was it at FSU? Definitely at school at FSU, I learned a lot more. We had a really great project that I kind of make all my students do now too, that you were assigned a role, say you're going to play Little Red and Into the Woods. And then your assignment was to learn all of that music, but then also look up every person who had ever played that role on Broadway and then see what their resume was and what else have they been in. And then you had to listen to all of those scores and music and, and say, oh, I could play this role too, or I, or I'm not actually like this person so that you could start to learn 
where your place was. I love that so much. My boyfriend went to a BFA program and he was always like, give me like five songs that you think I could sing and stuff. And I feel like that would have been so helpful to be like, okay, you sing like Derek Klenna. So let's find five other things that Derek did. And like, you know, that is so cool. So you've mentioned teaching a couple of times and I am curious. So was this something that started during the pandemic with coaching and teaching or? Yeah, pre-pandemic I had done a lot of master classes. I worked with a lot of schools that came in to New York City and they like take a class before um, they go see the show that night. So I would do a master class with the kids and then they'd come see the show. They'd get to have a talk back. And I had done a lot of master classes where I traveled to a place and taught for an hour or two, maybe a day and then left. So long-term teaching was not something that I did. But then COVID Mm. happened and I said, okay, what am I going to do? And I started working with students privately. I started teaching class on Zoom and I found that I really love it. It's not what I want to do full time, but I became so passionate. My students are, when I see them make progress and learn and do their homework, I just bubble. Like it makes me so happy. And I know that if I had had the opportunity to hear some of the things that I can tell them mm-hmm. now when I was that age, I would have eaten it up. So I I love being able to have the connection with young performers. I really do enjoy the teaching. I've had a really good time making this a, a set kind of side hustle, but it doesn't feel like a side hustle. Like, yes, we need a pair of bells, mm-hmm. but it also feels like a good connection with the younger generation. Yeah. Oh my God, the look on your face. There was this moment, Amanda, you just had me went, my students, and you got this smile on your face that was so wholesome and pure. I was like, oh no, she like, she does love this. I do. I love, and I love them. And it, you know, it's always interesting when you meet a new student. Most of my students I've never met in person. I've only met them on Zoom. I teach them from all over the country. And the first few lessons, they kind of look at me like I'm a little nuts because sometimes I'm a little wacky but they they you know three or four lessons in are totally in it with me and they're taking the risks and I see the work that they do in between and that is the most rewarding because if there's anyone out there who thinks this is what you want to do if you're taking lessons from someone if all you do is show up for your lesson every week and it's not going to happen you have to do the homework you have to keep working on those things so when I see from lesson to lesson huge improvements I'm like "Ah, you're doing it and that is so rewarding to see them doing their work so is it like vocal coaching is it like audition prep like what's what what would like a potential student come to you for yeah I kind of do whatever the student needs so I have some students that I only dance with them they've never seen a tondu in their life (laughs) and they need some help they're fantastic singers but they need me to teach them to dance so we learn plies and tondus and some rep from shows and get them moving other students are preparing for their college auditions and so they're putting together their packages Mm -hmm. of what songs they're going to sing the monologues they're going to do they now have these pre-screens that they have to do a dance for so I will choreograph their dance for them we work on it so really preparing them for those college auditions and making sure that they're ready and a lot of them also have a voice teacher so we are working on the acting we're working on all of the technical bits of it and making sure they know how to set up their camera Uh and how like what how are you going to present yourself what are you going to wear how do you you, how do you do a self-tape like it's kind of 
It depends on what they need. I have some students that they just want to come and sing and learn to act. Mm. So they pick a song and we work on how to act through song. So kind of, yes, all, all of, it, of the yeah. above. Wait, I can only imagine how tricky it is to do dance via Zoom now. You know, the, f- the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, how do I make this happen? <laughs> but I feel like I figured it out. And I feel sometimes I actually like it more because... When it's one-on-one, I can say, okay, I am going to break down everything and they can record the lesson on Zoom. And so then they get, that's, that's when they really can do their homework is they're doing class the same lesson over and over again for a week and they can watch the video and see how, oh, she gave me this correction and I can see what it was on myself in the video and then see when she said, yes, that's right, what I changed and how it looked, which is kind of cool. Oh yeah. That's really cool. Oh my God. So, okay, I, I want to talk to you about your, your career in general. But before we jump into that, how do students find you? Honestly, a lot of people have found me through Instagram. Yeah, okay. I get like messages from them or on my website. People can't, there's like a contact form. People can find me through my website or it's students. I have a couple students from my high school, students fr- that have word of mouth heard about me that way. Amazing. Oh my God. So you're rocking it. You're, you're a business, you're a businesswoman. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying. I'm trying. Girl boss. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I love. So did you do the cat? You were on the cats tour right after college, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Were you a cats fan? No. (laughs) No, I'm like still, I'm like still kind of not really, but I've seen it a lot of times and I love Tyler Haynes who was in cats. Does that count? I love Tyler. (laughs) I love him. So here, here's, here's the tea. I cried (laughs) when I booked the tour because I was like, I don't want to be a cat. I was so upset, but I was like, but it's a job. I get to have a job. This is exciting. We are grateful, but I don't want to be a cat. You're hilarious. (laughs) That's so funny. I've done cats like seven times now and it's the most fun you'll ever have on stage. Truly, I don't really want to go watch it, but to be in it is so much oh, fun. Oh, I can imagine. Oh, Dylan loves I cats. do love cats a lot. I mean, you played you played a variety of roles in that, right? Yeah, so on the tour, I was what we called the kitten swing. So I covered all the small, young kittens. And then since then, I've played Rumpelteaser and Syllabub. Oh, fun. Wait, which one is the second mm-hmm. one that you said? What what cat, what is there like song syllabub is like the little baby kitten who sings part of memory she sings the moonlight part of memory featured a featured moment yeah a pivotal kitten this (laughs) is this is iconic actually was it a a national or international tour national did you ever Mm -hmm. go to cleveland no i was on tour as a kid and we went to cleveland on tour what was that what tour did you do as a kid i was in the national tour of dragon tales live and why is this not listed on any of your credits of your website? <laughs> um, yeah, I play the little girl, Emmy, uh-huh. from the cartoon. It was only me and the actress, actually, who played the little brother. We were the only face characters in the show, so we were with full costume characters, a la sesame street live uh-huh. and it was all pre-recorded except for spaces for us to speak and sing so we were live we were face characters but there were um some like storytellers at the beginning of the show that were face characters but once the show actually started we were the only face characters on stage so did this show run like clockwork then because if you had to fill in these spaces oh yeah it, it's a track it goes oh my god <laughs> like, if you if you miss it then those the, those dragons are talking over you. I can hear the theme song to Dragon Tales in my head right now. Yes. It's, it's somewhere in the back of my brain, but that is so fun. 
Wait, so you're saying doing the tour of Dragon Tales wasn't your ring of peace moment? <laughs> well, um, I feel like that was actually part. I knew that I loved it and I knew, but it also felt like, okay, this is just what I do. But my, mm. my ring of keys moment was when I was like, oh, I have to do this. It's not just what I do. It's what I have to do. Oof, I love that distinction here. <laughs> That's an important distinction for sure. Okay, and so then you make your Broadway debut in Matilda a few years later or sort of in between there? Or? Yeah, uh, moved to the city after tour officially and worked a lot regionally. I was, for some reason, very nervous to take my equity card. So I was putting it off as long as humanly possible. And then I got all my points and they said, okay, you must join the union. So I joined the union. And then I went to my first ECC with my equity card and it was for Matilda the Musical. And then that's a very long story, but I was going in for the tour, didn't get the tour. And then they called and said, hey, will you come be on Broadway? So I was a swing at Matilda. What was it like being at the Schubert Theater for your Broadway debut? I mean, a dream. Yeah. It was a whirlwind. I was covering, they don't do this anymore. Now there's a cap, but I was covering 18 tracks. I covered all the little kids and I covered all the adult ensembles. So male and female. It was a lot. And I was a replacement. So it was jumping into something really crazy. So I learned my first track and had my debut and that was beautiful and amazing. And then it was back to work for really another six months before I learned everything and was like cleared to go on for everything. Okay, so they didn't, like, throw you on at some point, and we're like, you have to do it. Well, I mean, (laughs) um, there were some times that it was like, oh, you've never done that. Can you figure it out? Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. But that's kind of the nature of swinging, I think, anyway. I had a lot of split track moments where I would do half of one person and then half of another or multiple people. It was always a wild ride. Thank God Dragon Tales prepared you. <laughs> that is crazy. Do you did you like swinging though? I mean, some people really love that. You know, it's always a change of the routine. Yeah, I don't want to swing anymore. Mm-hmm. But there is an element of swinging that I do enjoy. I enjoy that it is different all the time. I enjoy the challenge of it. I love being the problem solver and I love figuring it out and it's all kind of a puzzle to me and so that aspect of it I love but it also comes with so much stress Mm -hmm. and so much anxiety and I really want to be on stage and so every time the orchestra starts playing and I'm sitting in a dressing room I'm like my heart is breaking (laughs) Um, because like I said it's not what I do it's what I have to do mm-hmm. and so I've learned about myself after swinging a tour and swinging a Broadway show I really I'm happiest when I'm on stage and there are people who love swinging and live to swing so they should go swing and <laughs> and be happy and joyful and fulfilled by swinging yeah now okay so Matilda closed and the next show to go in was Hello Dolly right Mm -hmm. so you did you even move out of your dressing room I mean (laughs) I did have we actually had different dressing rooms so I had to to move out but it was really special I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this but they had all of the scrabble tiles as part of the set and I came back into the theater because it's mostly a lot of the same crew. Oh, they yeah. had like saved oh, yeah. a Scrabble tile that had A on it in the office for me. So I came back and they had a little Scrabble tile for me in, in the Schubert to come back home to, which was really cool. That is 
so it's that huge. special Shelf over there <laughs> oh <laughs> i oh my god speaking of that set for matilda that is like one of the most genius inventions ever peter darling speaking of how yeah. does your brain peter darling's yeah. brain is a place that i don't understand <laughs> it, it's truly amazing and every step that he choreographs every move that happens on stage every set piece there's a story behind it and I had seen the show before I had any inkling that I was going to be a part of it at all. And I remember watching it and thinking, wow, everything is so deliberate and everything is so smart. And then when I was being put into the show, the dance captains and associates and and everybody involved was giving intention that he had set on every single movement. There was not one step that you took that he didn't have a story for and a reason for. And I live for that because I think that that's why we were storytellers mm. so I am always most drawn to choreography that is constantly telling a story mm-hmm. wait so he designed the set and did the choreography well he didn't design it but I mean it's oh, his okay. Okay. vision and you know I, I I wasn't there in the beginning but I imagine there's no way he would let something be on the set without there being a mm-hmm. purpose for it gosh that is so cool I mean that show is brilliant there's a reason why it ran so long and it should have kept running like it, it it is so good. The song, like every I saw it a few times, and that one number where there's the alphabet being spelled out. Yes, school song. Genius. It's so stressful. Yeah, well, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> but the payoff. I'm, yeah, I'm sweating <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> As a swing, that one is really mm-hmm, stressful. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I can imagine. <laughs> Jeez, oh man. So, what was the time gap between? Because I'm always actually very interested in like. What happens between your Broadway shows or between the gig? You know what I mean? From when Matilda ended and when Hello Dolly started, what time difference was there? I think we closed on January 1st, give or take a day. And then we started on like January 17th rehearsals, something like that for Hello Dolly. So I went to Mexico for a few days with a friend (laughs) and then came back and got ready to start rehearsals. And, you know, that's not normal. That's very lucky. I was very, very lucky to get to go straight from one show to another show and also have a break and get to go to Mexico. Right. <laughs> like that, that's <laughs> truly, you couldn't ask for anything more special. And I probably will never have that again in my career. So I covet it. I'm grateful for it. And it's magical. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that production of Hello, Dolly was magical. Yeah. I lived for it. It felt like... Broadway. Like, this is the Broadway you think about when you're a kid, you know? It was so good. Oh, Oh my God. And you were there the whole time, right? Yep, I was there the whole time. Wow. It was a really amazing experience. Because now when when Bernadette Peters went in and replaced Bette Midler, you you re-teched it, right? There were some changes that were made to the show. And then when she left, did you revert back to the Bette version? We did some things but like we had reimagined some moments in dancing and those stayed the way they were but we did revert a little bit but then the third version was kind of a hybrid of both of them if i remember correctly oh my gosh how interesting were there any big changes that like we as an audience would have noticed because i saw it with donna murphy and then with miss peters Mm, i mean the biggest number that changed the most was dancing because at the same time that bernadette came in we had a new barnaby and he was a fantastic dancer and so and so cute and so cute we love charlie Yeah. (laughs) yeah charlie so warren was like oh we have to get you dancing so he kind of wove himself 
more through the storyline so that and and Morn gave him much more like explosive dancing to do i remember this and that's that stayed he did that thing where he jumped up and touched his toes a bunch of times (laughs) yes yes little jumping bean yeah oh my god that was god I, i agree with connor that production was so magical and those costumes i mean the train, everything about that show was perfection. What was your favorite memory from doing Hello Dolly? Our very first audience, our invited dress, there had been a snowstorm. We did not cancel. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the first time we had had anyone in the audience. And we start the show and always invited dresses, a lot of energy, but there was a ton of energy. And the, I rode out on the cart sitting next to whoever was playing Dolly. Mm-hmm. And we like fold our newspaper down, fold our newspaper down, and then it's her. And the audience screamed like something I've never heard in my entire life. It felt like we were at a rock concert. And I felt that same feeling as being at Hairspray of there was so much energy coming at me that I literally was like, I don't know if I should laugh or cry (laughs) or I like trying to keep it together because it was so much energy. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, what do rock stars feel like? Because this is like a <laughs> fraction of the amount of people screaming at you and being so excited as like a concert venue. And it was just truly didn't know whether to laugh or cry or what. But I was like, just don't move. Keep doing your job. <laughs> Keep it together. <laughs> and you're sitting um, next to Beth. So like, I mean, come on. Now, what was what was yeah. it like working with her? I heard she was... She was a hoot in the in the rehearsal room. Something I admire so much about Bet is that she always wants to make sure it is the best it can be. And I remember going on at the end when she came back at the end of our run, I was on for Ermengarde. And I remember her saying, well, we literally had maybe two weeks of the show left. And she said, that was really funny during the matinee when you did this. What if we do it like this for this show and wanted to rework it because I was a different person and I had said the line differently and literally right before we're walking out, she's like, let's figure it out. And I just admire so much about her that even, you know, two years later, she's not going, ah, this is the show. This is what we do. Every day she was going, how do we make it better? How do we make it better? How do we make it better? And for some people that was stressful, but I just watched it and I was going, oh, she just has so much heart in this and cares so much that she won't let anything happen that isn't 100% what it should be. Wow. And I I respected that. I thought that was cool. cool. Yeah. No, I I mean, we were talking earlier about like you as like a a youth in in experiencing the arts. Were you like a big Bernadette Peters fan growing up? Okay. So this is, okay. (laughs) So... MySpace existed. And on your MySpace, on on the little left-hand side with your, like, top eight, it said, who is your hero? Mm -hmm. And I had written my mom and Bernadette Peters (laughs) on my MySpace because I was obsessed with the Into the Woods filmed version with Mm -hmm. her as the witch. I just... I I had never seen someone small and tiny like me Mm -hmm. have these roles and like be funny and like all all the things and so i just admired her so much and so to get to work with her was truly a dream come true it was really cool and she's so kind she's so amazing she's the nicest person i'm obsessed i love to hear this i love her my my bernadette obsession started with the brandy and whitney cinderella when she played the stepmother (laughs) so good 
Oh my God, she's amazing. I hope that we see her on Broadway again sometime, but who knows? You never know when, you know, when you're that, that famous, it's kind of like, is it worth going in and like doing, you know, all these oh my God, shows, but you know? She used to do push-ups with us behind the curtain before the show started in her jolly bustle and hat and whatever. She, she's, she'll be on. She's, she's, yeah. She's coming. She's ready. <laughs> I need to know if, you know, backstage, you're obviously in the show for the whole run. Did you ever hear any rumors about any other big names that were possibly circling the drain of coming in? I know that people thought Dolly Parton might come in at one point and I feel like every week there was a new rumor. <laughs> I don't even remember them because I am I'm the kind of person that I'm like, tell me when it's happening. Uh-huh. I can't I can't get emotionally attached to something unless it's gonna happen. Yeah. So I they I let them go in one year, not the other, because I couldn't get my hopes up about it. Very fair. Um, but there would be like famous iconic women who would come to see the show and everyone would be like, oh, they're going to be next. Oh <laughs> or, my or, God. or maybe they're just seeing the show. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well then of course your other Broadway credit, Kiss Me Kate, we also got to see the dancing in that show was amazing as well. Yes. Big dance show. Big, oh. big dance show. Ice baths. Too darn hot. What was your favorite number to do in that show every night? I loved Contiamo. So that's the wine barrel number. And yeah, it was so fun. You know, it's interesting. We think of Broadway and being like, oh my gosh, so much dancing. But in my journey, I have found that a lot of times it's not always the most challenging of like technical dance. Um, even, mm. even Hello Dolly, like it, we had a few moments that were super technical, but most of the time we're just like, being pretty in our dresses. Uh, mm-hmm. But Contiamo is like pulling out some petite allegro and we are doing ballet and we're doing incredibly difficult partnering and I lived for it. I loved it. I was so nervous before every single show. I was like, oh my God, okay. And then we would do the number and be like, yeah, that was awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, I just loved <laughs> the challenge of it and I loved getting to, you know, we, we go to ballet class and we work and we continue to hone all of those technique skills but then sometimes we throw it all out the window to to do the style that is whatever is on stage. And so it, it felt good to be like, oh, yeah, this is what I've trained for. And, of course, you got to perform at the Tony. Yes. Yes. It was so much fun. It was, again, a dream come true. I, I you know, we all have our bucket list things we want to do mm-hmm. as performers, and that is on the top. And I remember Warren, the choreographer, saying, you know, everyone keep your thinking caps on be this this is a different stage we i mean it was double the size of our stage we had a different um that's not the whole number so it was a truncated version of the number like remember what you're doing but when we got to the very end when it's all in unison we do the same thing seven times he said when you get there i want you all to collectively take a moment look out at the audience and say i'm on the freaking tonys and (laughs) and and I was so grateful that he said that because I probably wouldn't have. I would have been like, and then five and a six and a seven and eight and one and two. Okay, and now we're done. But because he made us have a moment to think about it, I have a memory of looking out and being like, oh my gosh, I'm at Radio City and I'm dancing on the Tonys and this is wild. And then go back to concentrating. Um, uh-huh. But it was very, it was a really cool day. Uh, I can only imagine how special that is. That's amazing. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we are coming to the end of our episode here. But before we say goodbye, we like to end on a dose of drama, something you want to rant about, rave about, 
anything to leave our listeners with that's on your mind? It could be Christmas themed or it could not be. I came into this being like, okay, I have a Christmas themed dose, but now I have like a true dose of drama. And okay, so our friend Lisa graciously did the pre-sale for the Olivia Rodrigo concert (laughs) tour tickets. Mm -hmm. And she was successfully able to secure four, but four was the limit. And there's a group of six of us that was in on this. Uh So... (laughs) There's a lot. There's drama. Oh, no. Who will get no, the chop? <laughs> who is going to not be attending the Olivia concert? Because no one really. Got to do like a random number like, generator. I think it's yeah. got to be something like that. Well, Lisa for sure will go because she was she waited in line behind two thousand people for the tickets. Like she is definitely on the list. But then it's a little dicey with the others, you know. A couple people have thrown themselves on the sword. Like Dylan has said, like you know, you guys, I don't have to be the one to go. So, you know, this will be a saga that continues until April. Wait, it's in April, right? Or March? April. End of April. April. Mm-hmm. And also drama about Olivia Rodrigo. I'm a little suspicious because they said she was going to be in season three of High School Musical Musical, the series. But her concert go- it starts in March and literally goes for the rest of the year. And so unless they are, like, putting this show in the can right now and in January and in February, I don't know if she's attached to the whole season or even doing it because TV shows take a long time to film. It so, could anyway. be. Don't write it off. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you're right. I think I she's going to do it. it. I think she's going to do it. You think? I mean, how long do you think it takes to film 10, 10 30-minute episodes or tw- 10 or 12 30-minute episodes? A couple months. A couple months. A couple months. Yeah. But maybe they're already starting. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I love your optimism here. I love your optimism. I, I don't know if they are, but I hope so. I just... Do you watch oh. any of the, the High School Musical, the musical, the series stuff? No. You're like, I'm an adult. <laughs> no, please. I oh, watch a lot weird. of other, like, Riverdale. I'm there all the way, which is not uh, for I'm, me. I'm not on I'm the recent it. season. I'm, I'm I'm waiting for that to drop on Netflix. But I, Wait, I, don't. I, it did. It did. We watched half of it when they became adults. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, spoiler. Yeah. Well, we'll see, Connor, and, and we'll report back in, in a few months based on all who I'm got say to is go. I'm definitely going to. I know you were like, <laughs> you're tying yourself to that. Um, I'm my, it out of, there. my dose of drama is, and I, I'm kind of curious your thoughts on this, Manta and Connor. You know, Christmas is the season of giving. And I'm curious what the policy is on buying gifts for everyone in the family. Is it like an expectation? Is it like, you know, I'm 28 now. Obviously, I'll get my parents something, but does this mean I also have to get my cousin's gifts and my aunt and uncle's gifts? Like, do I need to be getting gifts for the rest of my family? So what we do is we give our significant others gifts, Mm -hmm. and then we do a stocking stuffer to each person that is a $5 limit per person. And then... That is so cute. And then we do Secret Santa. That's a $25 limit, and you pick one person in the family that you give a gift of $25. Mm-hmm. That way you you're doing, you know, stocking stuff. There's only six of us. You do a, a stocking stuffer, mm-hmm. but $5 a person that's not so bad. And then yeah. and then you do the $25 is just like whoever you draw, which is kind of fun cuz then you're don't we don't say that it's our stocking stuffer, so we're guessing who who it's from and then you also are oh, guessing cute. your your secret Santa. So I feel like maybe you need to broach the subject with the fam and say, "What if we did this?" I absolutely love this idea. My, That's cute. Our mom floated the idea of doing like a of a drawing someone's name type thing, but I it wasn't floated as a secret Santa, and I think that makes it even more fun. Mm-hmm. And and my sister-in-law found a really cool 
website that you put in your name it random generates who you get but then you can also put in your wish list so you can say i would really love i don't know these socks or whatever it is like i wanted a really cute beanie and so i put on my secret santa thing i want a beanie but you can put whatever you want and that way they have a a hint you could go rogue but they have a hint if they need it i love it i'm gonna need i'm gonna need that website i got you by the way (laughs) (laughs) amanda do you have a dose of drama to end us with i think my dose of drama is that i just want to get through covid let's get through it i hate all these new cases in new york i'm over it but i think my biggest dose of drama is that i want everyone to keep being safe and do the responsible thing and protect each other love each other it's about loving each other let's be good to mm-hmm. each other. That's my dose of drama. Spreading love during the holiday season and safety. I mean, I don't think anyone can argue with that. No, spread love, not COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Last year, my boyfriend's grandma, who we call Mama, she gave me a like a Christmas mask, and I remember thinking, "Oh, like this is cute, but I'll never need it again." Oh. And a year later, I'm like ready to bust out the Santa mask and use it. So, you know, hopefully this will be the last holiday season. I'll hopefully it. it is. But even I, I hope we kind of adopt like, oh, my gosh, I have a cold. I'm going to wear a mask around people and keep mm-hmm. people from getting my cold. Like, actually, they're kind of a good idea to protect. Ev- Let's spread love, not colds, not whatever. It, it's not that hard to just put a mask on your face. We can be just better stewards of our health and you know what it's not even cumbersome anymore (gasps) i I like wearing it at the grocery store if if my face is is feeling you know a little itchy and i'm like gonna sneeze and (laughs) i like it because i'm like oh if i put that my sunglasses on i'm like ah i don't have to wear any makeup no one can see Uh, there you go (laughs) (laughs) oh i love it well listen amanda thank you for joining us for this special christmas week episode of drama and i hope that you and your family have a wonderful holiday season in in new hampshire thank you y'all too this was so lovely and i hope everyone listening has a wonderful happy healthy holiday yes and if anyone's thinking of a last minute gift you know get them a class with amanda lamont i mean why not yeah you can be dancing and 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 working on your book with a true Broadway veteran and everyone should follow you on Instagram at tiny Lamont. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a good time on the Instagram and I love questions. If anyone has questions, you're always welcome to DM me and I will answer your questions. You were like the sweetest person ever. I could not have picked a better person to chat with around the holiday season. So thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you. And everyone else should follow us. Give the gift of a follow as well. Um, We're at the drama podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Dylan McDowell. Connor is at Connor McDowell and Connor. I will see you next time. Drama. Drama.